MSW Media. Please join me in thanking Credit Karma for supporting the Daily Beans. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. If you're ready to apply, head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. And today's show is also brought to you by my favorite daily nutritional drink, Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We thank them for their support. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, April 5th, 2022. Today, the January 6th committee scores two big wins. Lawmakers on the committee are skeptical they need to make criminal referrals. Two key tech executives quit Truth Social after its stunning failure. And Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson is one step closer to making history. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Yay, welcome back. It feels like it's been a year. I've missed you. I've missed the listeners. I'm touched by all the people that missed the episode that I was going on vacation and were very concerned (laughs) about my whereabouts. And so that made me feel good. I am back and I'm in your ears. Hello, everybody. Hello. Yeah, we could have done a whole like conspiracy theory, like sitch, like where's Dana? She's disappeared. But no. You were just uh, on vacation. Or were you working? Were you touring? Oh, I was working. I was working in Portugal um, on a riverboat with um, so about it's 75 lesbians telling jokes. And then I went straight to Austin, very jet lagged. And I raised $75,000 in the fight for equality mm. and had a great performance on stage. And now I'm back. And next week I'll be in Houston uh, with Beto O'Rourke. And they just announced he's the keynote speaker at the gala. And my dear friend, Alexandra Billings will be there. Um, it's going to be, a, yeah. So I'm, I'm sort of in my, my flow of galas. They're happening live. I'm still wearing a mask because holy shit, it's a lot of people and just being as careful as I possibly can, but it's nice to be back to work. Awesome. And then uh, April 16th, you'll be down here. Yes, I will in San Diego and get to hug your neck and make some people laugh. Yay, neck hugs. All right. Well, we have a lot of news to get to. It's actually relatively, I mean, there were some really good big news stories today, but relatively not a lot of news. And I was kind of poking at the universe, like trying to jinx it when I put that out on Twitter just to see if I could like draw out a Matt Gates indictment, but it didn't work today. I know. We'll see. And you know, I mean, with the whole Greenberg sentencing indefinitely delayed now with a status hearing on May 13th, uh, I don't think we're going to see anything we're probably. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know either. I, it frustrates <laughs> me that this guy's sentencing keeps getting delayed and we'd have an indictment for Gates. But yeah, but I guess I guess they're like, wow, we found out about a lot of crimes and we have to Let's follow. That's the case. Follow every thread. Uh, All right. Well, we'll see what happens with that. But we do have some other news to get to today. So let's do that. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up, Kyle Cheney asks at Politico, should the January 6th committee ask the Justice Department to pursue a criminal case against Donald Trump? It's a question with political heft, but no practical effect. And some panel members are increasingly skeptical. After all, as multiple lawmakers on the select committee noted in recent interviews, the Justice Department is aware 
of the volume of evidence pointing to the violations of the law by Trump. They know. That evidence got underscored emphatically last week when that federal judge, Judge Carter, ruled the former president more likely than not committed felonies to try to overturn the 2020 election. And again, that ruling, I want to be specific here, was in a a hearing about attorney-client privilege and work product privilege over John Eastman's emails. It wasn't just the select committee asking if Trump committed crimes and the judge said, yeah. That's not what that's not what it was about. But the, but the judge did say, yeah, more likely than not, by preponderance of the evidence, which is a higher bar, by the way, than is needed to indict. The select committee could send a criminal referral to Merrick Garland outlining its recommendations, lawmakers note, but it would have no substantive value. Quote, a referral doesn't mean anything. This is uh, Rep Zoe Lofgren, and I live tweeted her a couple of days ago saying this. She says it has no legal weight whatsoever, and I'm pretty sure the Department of Justice has read last week's opinion, so they don't need us to tell them that it exists. (laughs) (laughs) And that's true. Lawmakers and congressional committees have long issued criminal referrals that the Justice Department rarely acts on. A referral against a former president would be unprecedented, bound to set Washington ablaze with speculation and force tough questions for the Biden administration. January 6th Committee Chair Benny Thompson has floated such a move, but he reiterated this week that investigators haven't made decisions yet. Our job is to look at the facts and circumstances around what occurred. The judge's ruling certainly indicates that, in his opinion, the president had something to do with what occurred, Thompson said in a brief interview. So we'll make a decision at some point as a committee. Judge David Carter jolted the panel in his 44-page ruling on Monday when he declared Trump's effort to overturn the election. Oh, he declared it a coup in search of a legal theory, which is such a good way to put it. Citing that opinion, other members of the panel echoed Lofgren's assessment. While a criminal referral of Trump would be an exclamation point at the end of their inquiry, the ruling, as well as signs the Justice Department is expanding its January 6th investigation into Trump's orbit, could make this extra step unnecessary. And, And when he says... Uh, signs that the Justice Department is expanding its January 6th investigation, those signs are actual fucking subpoenas from a grand jury in Washington, (laughs) D.C. Yeah. So they're not like hints, which we have been seeing in court filings. No, this is a fucking subpoena that's looking at executive branch employees in Trump's orbit, legislative branch people who had something to do with the coup. It's looking at the false electors and the seven state conspiracy. To overturn the election, it wants information on anyone who impeded or attempted to impede the electoral count that day on January 6th. And it's also looking at, you know, certain mm, other fundraisers and rally organizers, not just for January 6th, but also for the two other Stop the Steal rallies leading up to it. So those quote unquote signs are fucking subpoenas. (laughs) And so that's pretty stark signs. And it kind of makes a criminal referral unnecessary. Quote, whether we make a referral or not, I think that this judge pointed out there's credible evidence that the former president engaged in criminal conduct. That's Rep. Adam Schiff, another member of the panel. And I don't think, he said, that that can be ignored by the Justice Department. And he's right. And I agree with him. Jamie Raskin, a member of the committee and a constitutional law expert, emphasized that anyone can make criminal referrals, including a single lawmaker or a member of the public. It's more important for the committee to ultimately release the evidence as it has gathered, he said, calling it critical that all the information comes out. And here is where Raskin and Schiff agree with sort of my take on this, because everyone's asking me my thoughts on this, Dana. It it is unnecessary. And I've been saying this for a long time. The committee is there for one reason and one reason. Well, a couple reasons. To have public hearings, right? Investigate, have public hearings, and and tell the public what happened that day. Give them insight into what happened that day. Get the truth out to the public, the court of public opinion. 
And then, of course, to make recommendations for legislation, for laws that could prevent this from happening again. Correct. They don't issue indictments. (laughs) Right. And so when everyone's all like wailing on whether or not they're going to indict Meadows for a, you know, a 30 day contempt misdemeanor charge, I'm like, I don't honestly don't fucking care. I want the Department of Justice to issue these subpoenas if they even subpoena targets. But I want them to do this, you know, investigation. That's where the that's where the teeth come from. And although Congress should be a co-equal branch of government, it just isn't that way right now. For example, a grand jury subpoena, if you if you don't show up for that, you go to jail until you do or you get fined twenty five thousand dollars a day like Alex Jones. Congress has no power to initiate prosecution. Kyle Cheney continues, that decision rests entirely with the Justice Department. There's no formal process for making such a referral. The select committee could choose to vote on one and directly send it to DOJ without a vote in the full House if they wanted to. But referrals have long appeared to have little bearing on the Department of Justice's charging decisions. And that's true. They don't have any bearing. And when back when I thought maybe the Justice Department was waiting for such a referral so that it could politically insulate itself. We know now that it's not waiting for such a referral unless it unless it's doing this based on the inspector general referral that I've also talked about. But they don't need the the criminal referrals at this point. And that was the case when the Justice Department charged Roger Stone in 2019 for misleading the House Intelligence Committee during his testimony about efforts to contact WikiLeaks. Meanwhile, subsequent criminal referral by Schiff, who leads the House Intelligence Committee of Eric Prince, another witness, never led to criminal charges. Additionally, some legal experts worry that Congress issuing criminal referrals could jeopardize any meritorious DOJ investigation by infusing it with the perception of politics. And so it might actually hinder a Department of Justice investigation. So it might be best to just not do it and do the job of the committee, which is to recommend legislation and get the truth out to the public. That's my thoughts. I think they're good. And I know you've been taking a lot of heat on Twitter from people that don't understand this. So I'm glad you've been sticking your sick to your guns and explaining it to those of us who actually do listen. (laughs) My goodness. All right. This next story, the two Southern tech entrepreneurs had two qualities that Donald Trump's truth social startup needed. One, tech industry expertise and a politically conservative worldview aligned with the former president, which is a rare combination in the very liberal-leaning industry centered in San Francisco. They have yeah, both of these things. Very rare combination for smart people who align themselves with Donald Trump. Indeed. And I love this. So Josh yeah. Adams and Billy Boozer, who Woo-hoo. must have been drunk when he agreed to this position, <laughs> the company's chiefs of technology and product development, they joined the venture last year and they quickly became central players in its bid to build a social media empire, which is backed, this makes me laugh, this line, backed by Trump's powerful brand. <laughs> it's not is even it, in quotes. Is it though? Yeah. To counter what many conservatives deride as, quote, cancel culture, censorship from the left. Now, less than a year later, both have resigned their senior posts at a critical juncture for the company's smartphone app release plans, according to two sources familiar with the venture. The departures followed the troubled launch of the company's iPhone app on February 20th. Okay. Weeks later, many users remain on a waiting list, unable to access the platform. Now, Trump Media and Technology Group, the TMTG, if you ever see that, that's what that is. Chief Executive Devin Nunes, a former Republican congressman, they said publicly that the company aimed to make the app fully operational within the United States by the end of March. Oh, what's today? Oh, it is (laughs) definitely past the end of March. The company has an app for iPhones, but no app for Android phones, which comprise more than 40% of the U.S. market through the company has 
advertised seeking an engineer to build one. Boozer (laughs) declined to comment, and Adams did not respond to a request. Representatives for TMTG and Trump did not respond to requests for comment. Now, Truth Social is a part of a growing sector of tech firms catering to conservatives and marketing themselves as free speech champions. The platform promised to give Trump unfettered communication with the American public more than a year after he was kicked off Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for allegedly, not allegedly, he did, inciting or glorifying violence during the January 6, 2021 riots at the U.S. Capitol. The exit of two executives critical to the app launch efforts could imperil the company's progress as it tries to prove it can compete with mainstream platforms such as Twitter. And that's what two people familiar with the company said. Like Twitter, Trump's platform offers users a chance to connect and share their thoughts. And this is a quote. If Josh has left, all bets are off. And that's one of those (laughs) sources said of the tech chief Adams, calling him the brains behind Truth Social's technology. Really? It's not Devin Nunes? I'm shocked. (laughs) It should just be the brain. (laughs) Just the brain. (laughs) There's just one. Trust us. Another source familiar with the venture said that Boozer also had a major leadership role as product chief, running management across technology infrastructure, design, and development teams. Now, Reuters could not determine the specific circumstances behind the executive's resignations or whether maybe it's a 93% failure. Um, like, I mean, it could be. Maybe they didn't want this on their fucking resume. <laughs> Trump hasn't truthed on it since in like months. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not on their LinkedIn profiles at this moment. So they can determine why they left uh, or whether they've been replaced or their duties reassigned. And it also remains unclear whether Adams and Boozer still work on the venture in a different capacity after quitting their executive posts. Yeah, DWAC fell fell 13 percent today. And that's after Elon Musk made like a midnight tweet. Uh, and and I know you're going to get to this. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Investment 25 percent up surge. Talk about a pump and dump. But yeah, that's another open question is how TMTG is funding. It's growth. Uh, growth. I'm going to put that in quotes. Yeah. The company is planning to go public. It seems to be a shower, not a grower at this point. (laughs) 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 The company is planning to go public through a merger with blank check firm digital world acquisition group, DWAC, DWAC. The deal is under scrutiny by the SEC and FINRA and is likely months away from being finalized. That might be why uh, I don't want to assume anything. But, you know, under a federal investigation, maybe that's why they stepped down. DWAC disclosed an irregulatory filing last December that the SEC was probing this deal. The SEC has not addressed the nature of the inquiry and did not respond to requests for comments. Investors have pledged a billion dollars to Trump's truth social, but they won't hand over that money until the DWAC deal closes. And if SEC is looking into it, they might not get a nickel. And that also might be why they're leaving, because Trump doesn't pay people. And DWAC shares fell 13 percent after Elon Musk bought a bunch of Twitter. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. And from Hugo Lowell, The Guardian, the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack is moving to capitalize on new momentum as it embarks on its final push to complete the roughly 100 remaining depositions and conclude the evidence gathering phase of the inquiry. The panelists scored two major wins in recent days, more than six hours of testimony from Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, and a conclusion by the federal judge that the former president likely committed felonies. (laughs) (laughs) Members of the select committee believe Kushner's cooperation might prompt other Trump officials to assist in the investigation as the panel inches closer to the Trump's inner circle and the former president himself. And that's according to sources familiar with the matter. And I think that's why they're being very closed lipped and optimistic about what Jared did say for those six hours, because that they want they want other people to be worried about what he said and maybe 
decide to cooperate. Uh, The panel has also been buoyed by that federal court ruling that Trump more likely than not violated the law, reaffirming the purpose of the investigation, making it harder for Trump's allies to defy the inquiry. And members of the select committee believe that opening contempt of Congress proceedings against Trump aides Peter Navarro and Dan Scavino for ignoring their subpoenas will reinforce the message that the panel will punish noncompliance. And um, that Scavino and uh, Navarro that, that was voted on in the Rules Committee today, and it will advance to the House for a full vote, full House vote later this week. Quote, there's a momentum to this process when there's cooperation. That's Jamie Raskin, one of the congressmen on the panel. He said of the burst of recent activity, when people see others are doing the right thing, it gives them the courage to do the right thing. Uh, I don't know if it's courage so much as just wanting to stop shitting their pants. Um, the select committee has now conducted more than 800 depositions and interviews. It's obtained 90,000 or so documents and followed up on 435 tips received through a tip line on its website since its work started in earnest last August. And as I said, House investigators have about 100 depositions to go, including one with a key witness who is expected to reveal connections between the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys militia groups in the Capitol attack. So that's what's going on uh, over in the House committee. Uh, And uh, we've got uh, one more bit of good news. We do indeed. And there's some that just got added to this. The Senate Judiciary Committee reconvened and voted on whether to move forward with President Biden's Supreme Court justice pick, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson. Now, the committee voted along party lines, not surprising, 11-11, on the nomination of Jackson, the first step in a series Democrats will take to confirm her by the end of the week. Now, what will happen next? After the committee vote, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer will move to discharge the nomination of Judge Jackson and send it to the Senate floor. The discharge vote on the floor could happen around 5.30 or 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. That's according to the GOP Senator John Thune's office. It takes 51 votes to discharge the deadlocked nomination. We will get a sense then, and this has been updated. Murkowski, Romney, and Collins have all voted in favor of Jackson. She has the vote she needs. So this happened while uh, Allison was working on this draft of the uh, script. So that has come through. Senate Republican and Democratic leaders agree that Jackson is well-qualified nominee, but almost all GOP senators are expected to oppose her. Well, we already have three that have not. Jackson, I think there might even be more than that at this point, but we have these three for sure. Jackson, 51, sits on D.C.'s federal appellate court and had been considered the front runner for the vacancy since Justice Stephen Breyer's announced he was going to retire. Jackson previously worked as a clerk for Breyer, the federal public defender, an attorney in private practice, a federal district court judge, and a member of the U.S. Sentencing Commission. Wow, she sounds really fucking qualified. If confirmed, and she will be, Jackson will be the first black woman to be a Supreme Court justice. And uh, the racist Lindsey Graham actually said the quiet part out loud today that if they had control of this committee, that she would not have even gotten a hearing. People hear me and hear me loud. Voting is more important than ever in these midterms. We have to keep control of the House and the Senate. We have to widen our majority in the Senate. So just keep that in mind and keep pushing forward. Yes. Stop blaming uh, Biden or Democrats or progressives or the squad or the Justice Department or whatever. If we lose in November, it's because of us. It's because of us. That's it. Period. On that bright note, (laughs) we'll be right back with the good news. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's AG for The Daily Beans. And today's show is sponsored by Athletic Greens, a company specializing in daily nutrition. Maintaining a healthy diet when you have a busy schedule like me and when you're paleo and you intermittently fast is not always easy. I have huge gaps in my nutrition. 
And that's why I love Athletic Greens. It's my new life hack for simple, easy daily nutrition. A single scoop of AG1 from Athletic Greens contains multivitamins, multiminerals, a probiotic, a green superfood blend, 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food ingredients. Taking AG1 in the morning keeps me productive throughout the day. It's a very easy habit. It's very convenient. The bioavailable ingredients in AG1 make it an ideal alternative to multiple pills and supplements. Uh, I used to have bottles and bottles of supplements and pills and gummies and probiotics, and now it's all in one delicious, tasty scoop. And it works well with all lifestyles, including keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, and gluten-free. It has fewer than one gram of sugar, and it contains no GMOs, chemicals, or artificial ingredients. And it tastes amazing. My favorite part is that Athletic Greens keeps their research current. AG1 has been improved 53 times in the last decade as a result of the latest research. For daily nutrition, I highly recommend AG1. It's convenient, it's amazing, it's delicious. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D, a whole year, and five free travel packs with your first purchase when you visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans today. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take control of your health, fill the gaps in your nutrition, and give AG1 a try. You'll be glad you did. And today's show is also brought to you by Credit Karma. I know from experience, paying down debt can be stressful, painful, and especially when you need to keep track of multiple monthly payment dates and high interest rates. That's why consolidating your debts with a personal loan could be the answer if you're tired of juggling due dates. Have just one due date a month with a simple payment and you can simplify your life and Credit Karma will make sure you find the best option for your budget. Through Credit Karma, you can find loan offers that are tailored to your credit profile so you know how much you might be eligible for. With Credit Karma, you can even get a clear picture of your chances of approval so you can choose loan offers you're likely to be approved for and apply with more confidence. On Credit Karma, comparing loan offers is 100% free. It will not affect your credit score, and it could save you money. So try, you have to check. You have to. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. And if you're ready to apply, head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Again, go to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll blow I'm so happy you're back, Dana, to read the good news and confessions and corrections and play what the mutt and listen to whoopee stories. And I missed all of it. Well, I Easter got to hear photos. some of it, obviously, because I do listen to our work when I'm not actually here. <laughs> but it's nice to be a part of it. And then I get to see the pictures first. Yeah, it's the photos really make make the difference. So if you're not a patron and you want to see these photos, it's just it's three bucks a month, man. Thirty six bucks for the whole year. That's rad. You can do it at uh, patreon.com slash Miller She Wrote. And you also get the book club and Muller She Wrote and all that good stuff ad-free. All right, first up from Charles. Oh, by the way, if you want to send us anything, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and you click on contact. And uh, now, Charles from New Orleans, pronouns he and him. Good news. I had a random encounter with another leguminate. Ooh. <laughs> Walking through the French Quarter on my way to the movies, a voice called out to me. It was a fellow Beans fan, Kim from Colorado. She recognized me from the happy hours. <laughs> we met up later at my favorite joint. Checkpoint Charlie's. Ah, yes, yes, Charles. It's this Charles. I know Charles. We chatted about beans, AG, politics, hiking, Colorado, and more. It was the most wonderful bit of serendipity, which could have happened. Totally shocking if it didn't happen so frequently in this most magic of cities. More good news. I'm planning two new hikes. I got a permit for my dream hike of the John Muir Trail, which goes through the Sierras from Yosemite to Mount Whitney. But I have a little way to get into shape for that and was getting worried. So I decided what better way to get my trail legs than to hike another trail. <laughs> Soon June, I'll be hiking. Oh, Is that how you say it? Oh, it sounds Washita. 
Washita. Washita. That was one of those <laughs> pronounce our cities, pronounce our mountain something. Yeah. No, everyone stopped sending those in, which is kind of good. That trail, 213 miles from Oklahoma to Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, wow. oh, that's how you get in shape, Charles. Okay. All along the way, you could bet I'll be binging the beans. No bets for pod tax, but I've attached a picture of Kim and me outside checks. Look how cute you guys are. Ah, that's so cool that she just recognized you. I recognize both of them from That's this. amazing. I love stuff like this. What does the sign say? You say uh, it says, so you fucked in the gutter? Now make, now make love, love at love checkpoint. checkpoint. Huh. <laughs> well, there you have it. How do they know? How do they know? Okay. Anyway, awesome photo. All right. This next one's from Mike from Ohio. Pronounce he and him. Misheard lyrics. My entire life, I thought the line in Windy by the Association was, who's reaching out to capture a Roman? <laughs> Real lyrics are, who's tripping down the streets of the city, smiling at everybody she sees? Who's reaching out to capture a moment? Everyone, Everyone knows. Everyone knows it's Windy. It's windy. That's hilarious. Who's reaching Who's out, to, reaching capture out a Roman? to capture a Roman? I mean, who isn't? I mean, who, I am. Who among us? No. As Pod Pet Tax, here are Pippin and Mary, my fuzzballs. Pippin is addicted to laying on whatever clothes you have on the bed. And Mary was watching the U.S. men's national team game with me last week. And congratulations oh. to the men's national team for qualifying for the World Cup. Oh, look at the look at that chonker. So cute. Whatever clothes are on the bed. Yeah, I have some cats like that, especially if they're fresh out of the laundry. Next up from anonymous pronoun she and her. Please spread the word. COVID whistleblower Rebecca Jones is challenging Rep. Matt Gates. Can you mention her and spread the news so we can get her elected? For those who aren't familiar or may recall, Jones was a whistleblower fired by the Florida Department of Public Health for accurately reporting COVID data Ooh. early in the pandemic. Remember her? And yes, they, I do. they they like broke it, like broke down her door and yeah, raided her house. COVID dashboard info. She's on Facebook, but not on Twitter. Picks to put a smile on your face, pre-COVID Christmas games. We hope to continue that tradition soon. Love you all. Have an awesome day. Miss you already. <laughs> Miss you already, Dana. Oh, well, you're back. Yeah. I'm back in. Okay. I want to be part of this. these games. Oh, my these God. Someone's got pie on their face. <laughs> like, oh, literally. amazing. Seriously. <laughs> all right. I love it. Okay. Anonymous, pronouns she and her, confession. Hi, A.G., Dana, and Amy. I've been listening every day since the kitchen days. A.G., I just absolutely love you and your ability to cut through all the BS and present a distilled, accurate, insightful summation of the news. Dana and Amy, you are also wonderful. The last five years since the 2016 election have been incredibly traumatic. Thank you for being the reliable voices of reason and hope. Mm. My confession makes me cry as I write, which means it's probably going to make me cry as I read it. My husband and I... Nearing retirement, or nearing retirement, we made the decision to invite our five adult children and their partners and two grandchildren to ski vacation out west. We're not wealthy, but we felt we could afford to treat our kids to this trip, and the experience would provide wonderful memories that would strengthen the already good relationships between them all. This is a second marriage. Our kids are in their late 20s and 30s, and they're all wonderful, unique, smart individuals. Everyone had a wonderful time, or so we thought, until the last evening at dinner was commenting on my husband's oldest adult child's impressive skiing ability when they blew up and stormed out of the room. Their husband then proceeded to berate me in front of everyone for not using the correct pronouns for his wife all week. He accused us of intentionally attacking and dehumanizing them. This accusation was shocking and devastating and could not be further from the truth. 
We both respect and appreciate the rights of every individual to live exactly as they are, and we try to use the correct pronouns, though it has been a challenge as we only see them a few times a year, and it's only been a year plus since they announced their pronouns. I tried to explain that we might need a little more time as our 60-plus-year-old brains seem to slip back into using she-her despite our attempts to use the correct pronoun. He said we'd been giving reminders throughout the week, but we honestly don't recall. Ugh, I know, so oblivious. It's just devastating to think that they assume bad intent on our part. I'm now afraid to spend any time with them for fear that a misstated pronoun could cause more trauma. I have a feeling we've been disowned. We haven't heard from them since the trip ended, and I have such a terrible pit in my stomach every time I think about it. Mm. My husband is kind and caring and also completely unsure of how to fix this. Our other four grown children fully respect that have easily adopted the correct pronouns, and thankfully, they are all very understanding and patient with our sluggish adoption of pronouns. I appreciate any advice you may have, though I think maybe only time and therapy can fix this. So anonymous, this is my take. I hope in time that the person who blew up will understand that your intent and where you come from is from a trying place to understand. And I can understand why they would be protective of their partner. We've seen that in the recent weeks in not so supportive ways. And I think sometimes when people are hurt, their lash out comes from a place that we may not be aware of in the present moment. And so I will say to continue on your journey, you have a long past, like you said, 60 years of using different pronouns for people. And this is a learned behavior. And I have all the faith in the world by reading this, that you are trying. And that is exactly what we need to do. And then once you pass the point of trying, it will become more second nature to you. I think there is room for space in this, but I don't speak from a trans or non-binary space. And so I want to say that first and foremost, and I know we have trans and non-binary listeners. I would love for you to write in on this. But as a lesbian, I think that we as a community, an LGBTQ community, have to create grace for people who are trying and know that the intention is there and so I do think time will help with this. And I hope there'll be an opportunity for you to reconnect with this human being and just know your heart. And as you continue on with this path, I know that the pronouns will start to become more second nature to you. But I hope that you don't let this experience stunt that growth for you, because I can tell you're on the right side of this. And that would be my take on it. Yeah. I'll, yeah. And, and, um, just from a, uh, a solving disputes point of view, because I don't have, I'm not in the LGBTQ plus community other than as, as an ally. Maybe uh, after some time has passed, uh, maybe instead of reaching out and trying to say, trying to you know, just say why you, we weren't able to do it. Maybe just find out if there's anything, if they just maybe ask them, how can I fix this? I feel so, you know, I feel so terrible and I want to do the right thing. Absolutely. Just ask, how, what do you need from me? How can I fix this? How can I mend this relationship and do the right thing? And how can I support you and your partner in this process? And so yeah. I, I think those are the best things right now. Time, I'm so sorry you're hurting. I can feel it in your submission. And so I'm, I'm hugging you and um, 
like I said, I think there's, there's some room for grace as people try and learn and, and adjust and you're doing that. So be gentle on yourself as well. It, there was, I, I, there was no malice in what you were doing. And I think there's a difference. There's a difference. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for writing. That's super brave to write in also. Um, and, you know, to admit that, you know, you feel that you messed something up. That's a terrible feeling. I hate that feeling so much. Uh, so I'm with you. My heart goes out to you too. Next up for Mariah, pronoun she and her. Mariah has a new game idea because why not? She says she has a silly superpower and I'm sure other folks do too. Ooh, I like this. So how about we share our silly superpowers? Mine is finding four-leaf clovers. I found at least one every year of my life since I was eight or so. I'm going to call this my 39th year of finding at least one. I've included a picture of the first clovers of the season. That's a four-leaf and a five-leaf clover. Wow, thank you, Maria. Wow, that's cool. I like this. So if you have a silly superpower, just some random silly super... What's yours, Dana? I have to think about it. I would have a to think superpower? About oh, my God. I have to think about it, too. I used to be able to find the four-leaf clovers in patches. I used to be very good at that. But Yeah, me too. But my vision has gotten poor with age. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know what that is. Um, green. Yeah, I'll have to stuff. think about it. I, tomorrow I will have my superpower for you. I think my, I don't know if it's a silly superpower or not, but I, I definitely my superpower is, is, is translating court filings into fun, profane, two-minute blurbs. That's probably what I do best. I, th- I would uh, honestly say my superpower, one of them is reading people. Like I'm really good at reading people. Oh, I wish I had that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure that comes partly from us being on stage or me being on stage. But there's also like, I'm a huge I can empath. read people, but I can't tell when people are dickheads until it's too late. Ooh, I can tell, except if I'm dating them. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's when. Yeah, no, yeah. you know what? You're right. Yeah, you Damn know when it. people are dickheads, you just get, uh, you just, you get blinded by the, the dick part, probably. <laughs> and then the dickhead part comes in later. <laughs> awesome. Uh, do you want to take the last one? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, oh, yeah, here we go. This is from Daniel Duncan, pronouns he and him. Good news, everyone. I did the thing and filed the South Carolina House District 14 to run against MAGA hat wearing crypto miner <laughs> or his further right opponents. And... I'm back to work driving a truck now that my wife's ankle replacement has healed enough for her to take care of herself. Life is wild sometimes. I'm premiering my stump speech Saturday at the County Democratic Party meeting. So please follow me. The handle is at Duncan4SC on Twitter or at D-A Duncan, D-U-N-C-A-N-4SC on Facebook. If you want to follow my campaign, I'm basically running it out of a garage, but thankfully run for something and NDTC have lots of free resources to learn how this is done. Daniel Duncan, I wish you the best Uh, on your run for District 14th in South Carolina. And I know that everyone listening to The Beans is going to do everything they can to support you, especially if they're in that area. Awesome. Awesome, Daniel. Thanks for that. And uh, again, that's uh, on Twitter, Duncan for SC or at DA Duncan for SC on Facebook. Awesome. Thank you so much, everybody, for sending in your good news and your confessions and your pod pets and, and uh, you're running into other Leguminate out in New Orleans. That's awesome. Charles, thanks for that. And Kim, <laughs> if you have anything you want to send in, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Dana, any final thoughts? Um, 
I don't think I have any final thoughts for today. I'm still pretty jet lagged, which is terrible because I, I was literally awake for 26 hours, landed in Austin at 2 a.m., performed at 9 p.m., went to bed and flew back to L.A. at 3 p.m. the next day. And so I don't know what state I'm in, what time zone I'm in, but I'm really happy to be back. So those are my final thoughts. Holy majoli. Well, we're glad you're back. Everybody missed you. And I'm glad you're back, too. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. So until then, everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health and vote blue over Q. I've been AG. And I have been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media.